Welcome to Wonder Tour with Derek Cobb and Drew Perot, where we are learning leadership lessons from your favorite stories. Hi, I'm Brian Nutwell. And I'm Drew Perot. And we are on a journey to become better leaders by touring fantastic worlds and inspiring lore by going on a wonder tour. We connect leadership concepts to story context because it sticks to our brains better. You can find out more at wondertourpodcast.com. We're back with episode three of Wonder Tour 100. In Wonder Tour 100, we're reflecting on all of our greatest lessons from the first 99 episodes of Wonder Tour. In episode three, we're going to kind of continue on towards our magnum opus from Wonder Tour 1 to 99, which is the Limit Break Recipe. As we've looked across all of these different properties that we love so much, we've come to understand that if we want to see change in the world, we'll need to go through these limit break cycles where we start out with some level of dissatisfaction internally that gets aligned with some sort of a mission externally or a purpose that we can be a part of. We have a realization moment that we have to change the way that we are personally if we want to see change in the world around us. And then finally, we pay a cost of some kind. This cost could be a sacrifice. This cost could be just going to the gym daily. We'll talk about that. And what that cost allows us to do is achieve a breakthrough. And this breakthrough brings together our internal state of our person and the external state of the world into unison in a great moment. For example, in Avengers Endgame, when we see Tony have his final moment where he puts on the Infinity Gauntlet and he snaps and it's the crystallization of his character. And in doing so, it puts the universe at peace. And then finally, when we do these things, it unlocks a new, better state than where we started in dissatisfaction. And we're calling that state the flow. So join us this week as we review our Limit Break recipe and talk through how it is applied across some different stories and examples and how we can use it to change the world around us. Welcome to Wonder Tour. All right, this is Brian. I'm here with Drew for Wonder Tour episode 100, part three, The Limit Breaks. And as Drew just laid out very nicely for us, we have this kind of four-step conceptual model of The Limit Break, and that includes both internal elements I'm progressing from dissatisfaction to realization to paying the cost to the new flow state and external world elements, the mission that I aspire to or the change that I want to see in the world, the alignment of my own actions with that desired change, and then the breakthrough when we've paid the cost and when it finally works. And then my internal and external states are unified in the flow at the end, which is kind of fun. So one of the reasons that I really have enjoyed this, kind of synthesizing this together, is because it ties together a lot of things we've talked about. And in particular, just in the last two episodes of our, you know, episode 100 extravaganza, you start out in this unknown state. You start out with like, I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. I'm stepping out of what I know how to do as a leader and trying to explore a new domain, trying to explore a new set of challenges. And that's not an unusual experience for many of us in our lives. You're always, you're always finding new challenges to attack or having things roles thrust upon you that you maybe didn't sign up for. And then we talked a little bit in the second part of episode 100 of the flipping the script of looking for if you're dissatisfied, if the world is not working the way you want it to work, if, if there's 
some change that needs to happen, look for the assumptions behind that pattern. Look for what is it about the way the world works that we could maybe violate the assumption. And that could be like our, uh, our Airbnb example, like the assumption that people wouldn't stay in strangers' houses given the opportunity. Apparently that assumption was wrong. Lots of people are doing it every day now, right? Violating the assumption, if you look for one of those that you can question, that you can call into question, then you can start running some experiments and see what might actually work. So we talked about that on the Flipping the Script, how to recognize those opportunities and how to think about what experiments to run and how to get people on board with your, your new goal. Uh, the piece that I think we want to talk a little bit about in this episode is the paying the cost piece. It's very rarely like I do the one thing and it unlocks a new state of the world and we're done, right? Yay. <laughs> Yay, we succeeded, right? In real life, it's more often the, the dojo, right? The, the practicing, the going to the gym, the training montage. I'm going to spend the next three years or three months or whatever trying to actually do the work, trying to get good at the new skill set, trying to get many people trained up on it, get us all working together. And this is, the, this is a really challenging part for a leader because it can be very exciting to start something. It's very exciting to say, this is terrible. That's easy. It's a little bit harder, but equally exciting to say, and here's this great new thing that we could be doing. And maybe people will get excited just because they agree that the current state is terrible. But the paying the cost part is not just personal effort, but it's also ownership. I bring that up because Drew talked about it in the pre-show. So what do you, when we talk about ownership, what are you talking about? When you're, you've got to change initiative, you're trying to transform the world, what's your obligation as the leader? Yeah, and that's what you have to come to as a part of the realization is the ownership that you have in this task, the ownership that you have in taking action yourself in order to move towards a certain end. That's the start of ownership for me is just understanding that I have personal accountability to this thing. That if I don't do this, I should not expect anyone else to do this. You can't look around and expect others to just change the world. <laughs> we as magnanimous leader wannabes or as magnanimous leaders in progress can take actions ourselves. But it's even more than that. It's to realize that we have that accountability, but then to bake that into our process. It's to build a sustainable flow because that's part of what paying the cost is. It's actually... It seems like the breakthrough is on the other side or there's a breakthrough is like this pivotal moment and the flow is on the other side. But kind of actually what's happening, isn't it, is we're building towards the system that is going to exist in the flow state iteratively by paying the cost. It's like if I need to be stronger, if I need to be to have a higher integrity, if I need to flex my compassion muscle, if I need to be a better explorer, right, I'm practicing that along the way consistently so that the flow state is the flow state that's what makes the flow state the flow state partially part of it is maybe we defeated the big bad evil in the world or the the systemic injustice that's going on that's oppressing our population but the other piece of it is just literally we have people who have the character in order to live in a better state <laughs> right and so yeah so there's this this ownership piece of like nobody else is going to do this for me like i'm gonna i have to be you know pushing this thing forward and i have to personally develop my skills but it's not necessarily just the leader that needs to have new skills in order to you know unlock a change in the world other people the people that are following you the people that are affected by this this problem the dissatisfaction that you're trying to fix like they're going to have to behave in new ways too and they're going to have to practice behaving in new ways too to get to that point 
And so, so you've got kind of two two areas where you're paying the cost as a leader. One is your personal effort, right? Is you just you're going to have to spend your time doing this, which inevitably means you're not doing something else. So you have to decide which challenges to attack, decide which problems you can't fix, and which ones you can. But the other thing is kind of the inherent in being a leader of something that's changing is that the responsibility of you get to shoulder the blame. You get to shoulder the the slings and arrows if things don't go very well. People are going to look at you and ask, you know, okay, well, this didn't, that first experiment didn't go very well. Like, what are we going to do next? You can't push it off on somebody else. Like the, the, a big part of paying the cost as a leader when you're propelling a change is accepting the onus of responsibility, accepting the, well, yeah, I'm sorry, you're right. That didn't go exactly according to plan. We're a little bit behind schedule. That idea that we had didn't work that well, but I still believe in the overall mission. And that's, that's also uncomfortable, right? That's also a challenge is just to be, be willing to be that person, to stand up and potentially take the blame if the whole thing fails and stand up and hopefully not sacrifice yourself, but at least expose yourself to some danger or some criticism or some recriminations. Well, let's look at an example then in Shawshank Redemption where our magnanimous leader, Andy, does exactly that. And we've come back to this one a number of times, but he, Andy is one of the most magnanimous leaders that we've come across. Maybe he'll come up in our Wonder Tour All-Stars, but who knows? He has this moment, though, where he oh, actually he's paying the cost the whole time. Right. So he's taking ownership. He's sending letters to the library to try to get these books because he knows that through learning, through knowledge, through giving somebody an outlet to actually grow, that they'll change. And so he's personally taking the ownership of that every day. And then when they get it in and when they get the Mozart record, he puts it on over the PA system and he takes the blame for that whole thing. There is nobody else who's responsible. Nobody else has to go down into the hole for two weeks afterwards like he does. But he fully takes responsibility for the transformation cycle. Not in that he's going to do it all himself. Not at all. He realizes that the transformation is in other people. The transformation involves everybody going from the old state to the new state. So he he has such a good balance of personal responsibility and doing things for others and making sure that they're actually growing out of them, I feel like. This is actually a really good example because something we wanted to tease out is the, typically when we talk about the first state of the limit break, we're talking about dissatisfaction. We're talking about the world isn't working the way that I want, that I want it to. But it's easy to get stuck with, if that's all you've got, you're just stuck. You're just unhappy, right? The thing that allows you to move forward is that that is coupled with hope. Like, I believe that something could be better. I believe that something better is out there that I am empowered to work on it. So your example is really great where Andy is not only, he's not only paying the cost to try to get to this breakthrough, but he is providing hope. Like there are beautiful things in the world. There is, you know, there are Mozart arias and that's in the world. And that can even be in Shawshank prison, right? That takes the people, you know, his, his friends from the mindset of like, this is terrible and I'm here forever to this is terrible and I'm probably here forever, but there are beautiful things in the world to think about. Huh. That's, you know, it's, it's very challenging. It unlocks a little, it unlocks that hope. And that's a, that's something you, you can't neglect if you're trying to, if you're trying to be a leader to propel some change, it's not enough to just be angry at the bad thing that that exists today. You really want, the hope of, oh, there is something better over the hill. There is an, an opportunity for us to be better. So you've got that motivation to pay the cost. Yeah. That takes us to our next piece of it, which is 
paying the cost is being an example. It is setting an example for other people. And that takes us to our integrity series. One of the things that we learned from our integrity series is, you know, why would anybody follow anyone else? Well, probably the most important thing above them being a good speaker, above them being physically imposing or any of these things that we know are kind of correlated with generally people wanting to follow somebody, they have to have high integrity. None of us want to follow someone who is inconsistent in their actions, who is inconsistent in their character. Doesn't matter even if, you know, maybe certain people want to follow certain types of characters and that we wouldn't agree with. We would say that's not a good, that person does not have good character. I am not following them. Either way, though, if they're consistent in their character, they can still develop a following to some extent because you know what to expect from that person. Yeah, so you have you, to you have you to set them. that for yeah exactly right that that yeah. integrity builds trust. Right, right. You know, you if the leader's personal behavior and you know consistent interactions with other people is aligned with the change that they're saying they want to see in the world is aligned with the change that I want to see in the world, then I'm on board. Then I've got a chance of jumping in. So you talked about Andy from Shawshank. My other the other leader we could bring up from our media properties here is probably Morpheus from The Matrix, right? He demonstrates a bunch of different versions of this paying the cost. He's clearly dissatisfied with the current robots running the world state. He's clearly got a vision of, you know, humans are, are freer to be humans. But we see him, he does the paying the cost of, I'm going to dedicate my life not to, I can personally solve this problem, but to finding somebody that is the exactly right person to solve this problem. So he's doing that work. And then he finds who he thinks that person is like, okay, now I'm going to dedicate my time to training this person, to giving, you know, to giving Neo an opportunity to open his mind up, to be better than he is, to really embrace the, his role. And then he goes further and pays the sacrifice cost of, oh, now it's, you know, there's, a, there's a chance here for Neo could get captured, right? You know, it's very dramatic. It's the Matrix, right? Or, you know, I, I got to choose my own comfort, my own continued success over this person that I've been mentoring. I'm going to take the bullet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sacrifice myself so that... So not only he can be safe and free, but also that he can see what the sacrifice looks like, what leadership commitment looks like. So again, it's amped up to 11 because it's a you know science fiction movie on a big screen with a lot of explosions. But these different flavors of putting in the work, these different flavors of sacrifice of I'm going to pick a version of the future that I'm and I'm going to dedicate my life to making that happen. And I'm going to do that even if it comes at personal cost. I'm going to do that even if it means that somebody else gets to be successful. Those are all things that we can aspire to as leaders, is being that level of foresight and that level of consistency or integrity and that level of commitment. Yeah, that's perfect. So I think we're kind of wrapping this into a package here, which is nice. It has to do with ownership, number one. Paying the cost is ownership, and it, it's integrity. Absolutely. And then the obvious, there's probably more pieces to it, but the obvious last piece that we've talked about many different times is the sacrifice piece of it. And like we've talked about how that sacrifice can be iterative. And then of course, there are times where that sacrifice is large and that sacrifice is a big bang essentially. And maybe one of the better examples of that is just looking at Batman and Dark Knight Rises. Batman has this incredible moment where this is his final goodbye to everybody, basically. And the city is completely surrounded. There's a nuke that's about to go off, essentially, that's going to destroy all of Gotham. And Batman's character is crystallized. 
in the sacrifice that he makes. And, you know, we get my favorite moment that I always bring us back to the not everything, not yet, where we have him. He's doing all of those things all at once, right? He is showing the integrity of his character to Selena Kyle. He's taking ownership of the problem and he's going to sacrifice himself as a solution to that problem. Basically. He's like, I haven't given up everything. I believe in this mission. I can't expect anyone to believe in this mission unless I put myself on the line for it. So he makes the sacrifice. And in doing so, this is the release of the flow. This takes us into number four. What does he do? Well, we get a kind of confusing ending there where we have the Batwing, his flying machine takes the nuke and flies it out over the bay. And the assumption is that he's on it. But then you kind of get this thing afterwards that says that he's not on it and that he's actually in Italy with Selena Kyle drinking coffee. <laughs> but either way, the sacrifice is that he gave up being Batman. And why did he give up being Batman? Because he had to achieve the flow. He needed other people to be able to be like Batman. He needed Joseph Gordon-Levitt, right? His number one admirer. He needed him to take that next step to be able to be the protector of Gotham. And this is what the flow state is all about. It's about multiplying the blessing. He himself, Bruce Wayne, could only do so much, but through his sacrifice, through his integrity, through his taking ownership and paying the cost, he is able to multiply that out to many, many, many more people, which is a much more sustainable Gotham. Right. And that's one of those classic challenges of being a leader, right? If you want to crystallize change in the world, you have to be able to hand off leadership. You have to have other people, when you're not there watching them, telling them how to be successful, being successful. Taking it back to our example in the last episode where we talked about agile software transformation, like trying to just introduce a new set of business processes in your office. The goal of that is not that every single time you personally walk into a room, things magically go better. Right? That, that's not leadership of a transformational change. That's just, you know, that's personally propelling it great. Like if you can do that, fabulous, that will get you credibility. But the goal of a, of a transformation is that after you leave the room, people have learned how to do things better themselves and will continue to improve on it and iterate it and lead it themselves and advocate for it and evangelize for it. That's the goal. And that goal can't be contingent on you being physically present. It can't be contingent on you being the only smart person or the only wise person or the only powerful person. And so, yeah, superhero movies give us these great examples where, you know, by definition, we've got the one person who is more powerful and, you know, wiser and, you know, more effective in the world than anybody else or than the people around them. They're unusually good. But that is still, you know, that you, the Batman can't be everywhere, right? You can't, you can't solve all the problems personally. You need to get to the point where the system is working, where the society is working, where the police are doing their jobs or whatever your analogy is. That requires, uh, as I'll, I'll bring in my favorite quote, right, is the from the Doctor Strange movies. That requires you to sort of absorb the it's not about you lesson is that you can't be the solution. You can be the catalyst. You can be the visionary. You can be the motivator. You can design the dojo. You can do all those things. But it, at the end of the day, it can't be about you. It has to be about people that are going out and operating in the world, learning a new, more skillful, more compassionate, more magnanimous way of doing it, and then going and doing it without you. The point, as always, is to multiply. 
that is the only point of being magnanimous is to multiply the effect. Like you said, it's we're becoming better leaders for the good of others. And that's why we call it a flow state at the end, right? It's not, it's not a, a state which I keep pushing the rock up the hill. The flow state is where the water's flowing that way of its own accord. Like this is the new pattern. And that's the breakthrough that we're looking for is we were dissatisfied. We had hope for a better thing. We figured out how to align with it. We put the work in. And now the new behavior of the world, the new pattern is happening by itself. That is the new standard. That's the achievement of leadership is you can walk away and the good things keep happening. Then you've succeeded. Man, that was great, Brian. I'm glad that we went back over that and kind of focused on the paying the cost and achieving the breakthrough part of it because we've floated around that for a while and it's really easy in the content that we look at to just focus on the big bang sacrifice moment that flips the script for everybody. But it's not all about that. There's so many different examples and we each need to be looking at every day paying the cost somehow. Right. And that's and that's that's good. Right. I, I don't want to be in a situation where I have to carry the nuclear missile through the alien wormhole. Right. I don't want that to be my career success plan. Right. I'd like my <laughs> career success plan to be I've got a vision and I can work really hard and we can make it happen. So that's that's what we hope for. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for part three of our Wonder Tour episode 100 extravaganza. We're going to have some fun. We're going to bring Derek back next week and we're going to do. The uh, cliche top 10 list. That's right. We're going to do the Wonder Tour All-Stars, the best leaders as chosen by three of us from the 100 episodes of all the media properties we've looked at. And we'll talk a little bit about why we admire them and what the lessons are we can take or what, you know, what the signature moment was where that leader really crystallized a new understanding of us. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to that. In the meantime, thanks for listening. And just remember, as always, Character is destiny.